pride of Limerick, a young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 186 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan and joining me today is the Nicholas Barbaki of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald. As we look back on what was actually a pretty big week for the world of MMA, we had UFC 230 last night uh, with some notable fights on that and uh, some good performances and some bad performances too. We have a big card coming up next week and there's a few uh, news and notes uh, as well going down. Before we get to that though, a couple of, uh, a couple of notes actually before we start. It's uh, the podcast is on Spotify now, so if you use Spotify and want to get it there, just search Severe My Podcast on Spotify. It's there. Um, I haven't mentioned our text number enough. If you want to send in voice messages or text uh, throughout the week, send them to 35387. 3644602. You can also get us at the normal places at Severe MMA Pod on Twitter, uh, Severe MMA Podcast at gmail.com. And sign up for the Patreon as well while you're there, uh, patreon.com forward slash Severe MMA Podcast, or you can just go to Severe forward slash Patreon, P A T R E O N. You'll get us there. Right, Graham, before we start this uh, MMA talk, we I don't think we've ever had as many complaints after a podcast as we had about you eating last week. Do you want to apologize to the people here? Do you want to give your excuses for what we were doing? Like it was a heinous crime. And and people need their apology. I'm not gonna lie to you, Marge. <laughs> is that it? Is that that's it? it. That, uh, that's all you have. Do you want you give out to Andrew McGann for years for eating on the podcast? Niall McGrath as well for eating over and talking brawls when you know when he was in you know, on severe me. And you do it yourself. And this is all you have. This you trying you trying to say I'm a hypocrite? Are you? <laughs> that's exactly what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> Who told you? Because we've all the Simpsons fucking got quotes for the reply not gonna lie to marge who told you yeah now it's just uh yeah no excuses uh it should be a uh, strong up made a mistake won't happen I'm again out, yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay mr perfect it won't happen again until the next time <laughs> These things happen in MMA. <laughs> These things do happen in MMA. Go and Gus Johnson there. <laughs> I don't know sure. Look, these things do happen. Uh, anyways, I suppose we better uh, we better <laughs> we better get into MMA, and we're going to obviously talk about the fights last night and the fights next week as well. And then answer your questions uh, at the end. I suppose Daniel Cormier versus Derek Lewis was the first uh, is the first thing to talk about, and. The, uh, after watching Single this, legs are back. <laughs> they really are. We, we'll get into the fight in a second. But after watching this, um, Philip O'Connor sent me a message and he was like, you know, oh, this was a. It wasn't called a disgrace or anything. And I'm sure he'll talk about it in his own podcast and stuff. But he was saying, like, you know, that was not really much of a fight, was it? And I, I was like, I agreed. And then I was like, but it was it was kind of good business. I, I went to be Conor McGregor on it, like, you know, in, in, the, in the third round talking to Habib or whatever it was. This is just business. It kind of was that, wasn't it? You know, the UFC needed a main event. Derek Lewis got paid, Daniel Cormier got paid, and the fight went the way everyone kind of knew where it would go. That's kind of what happened here last night, wasn't it? Yeah. Derek Lewis, he always, always looks terrible. Mm-hmm. It's nothing new. He looks terrible until he Donkey Kong knocked out some guy with, like, punch out of nowhere while he has his hands on his knees. But as we said, like, you know, we were kind of joking before, being like, oh, where's he going to win? But we kind of said, not this time, honestly, he, there's no way he's going to win. Like, And he looked terrible and didn't win, and he just got taken down so easily when Cormier wanted to take him down. And it was just, it was just, it was, it was as easy as as it looked on paper for that for Daniel Cormier. And 
uh, Derek Lewis is a, is a good fighter. He can, he's a good fighter, uh, but for a title shot, it just shows how weak the, the heavyweight division is at the moment, really. Yeah, I, like I think it was. It's a weird fight because you know we we talk about Daniel Cormier a lot, and it's weird. It's a weird prism we look at Daniel Cormier through because we look at him through the prism of a guy who's lost to John Jones once and, and no contest in the second one where he got knocked out and you know the fight fight was brought back or whatever. And you know it's difficult because when when he's talking, when you're talking about Daniel Cormier about the the best of all time, and maybe this is not the best fight to talk about this after because it was you know an easy easy payday really, but. It, it's a weird one because it's hard to like he's definitely up there as one of the greatest of all time no I've, I've said it before I, I didn't think he's top two or three top top five top ten maybe and, and I, I still think that you know top he's he's getting towards top the top 10 yeah. I'd say he's top ten. Uh, oh well yeah no but I think he's getting towards the top five now I think he's you know he's he's I think really what last night showed was and and uh, you know the, obviously the, the levels of fighting but it the level of which Daniel Cormier actually is the way he can just make an easy night of Derek Lewis, and we, you know, we talked about we we joked about it and stuff. But Derek Lewis was nine and one against guys, and you know, he's beaten some good guys. You know, Volkov was on an absolute tear, you know, and, and he he beat him, came in and knocked him out. Like Daniel Cormier made it really look easy, maybe easier than it actually should have been. Now, you know, most people in you know us, when people, like when yeah. Volkov is and Derek Lewis are having like, a, like what turned into like a tender fight for the for the title shot. It just mm-hmm. you know, he's a guy who couldn't who, who okay he had the belt temporarily in Bellator, but like. Was was very limited, and then you have Derek Lewis. Obviously, you're saying he's what eight and one or nine and one. Is that that just that just says how bad this division is at the moment? Really, I think that is true. That is true as well. But I think looking at Daniel Cormier, like you look at look at his striking, look at his wrestling, look at the the in between bits. He's really good. Like he is really good. Maybe we you know. Maybe we don't give him enough of a shine because of uh, you know that prism I talked about. We look to because we always look at John Jones. Now, if we leave John Jones out of it for a second and look at the greatness Daniel Cormier, can you, oh, can you leave the guy out of it? I don't know. But but if we just do it for a second, you know, we're looking at it overall. If we're just looking analyzing Daniel Cormier as a fighter, right? Okay, we know he's wrestling. Let's forget about that. We know how great that is, and and no one can doubt that. But I think he's striking, and the way he de- he's defensively so good, and the way he does it is has to be applauded like and and we'll talk about Jack Ray as well last night I thought he looked really good on the field as well but Cormier like the way Cormier the Finn strikes is basically he uses his his quickness his speed his athleticism just to kind of back out of strikes when he sees strikes coming he just gets away straight away you know when he's coming in he comes in low ducks over the top it's it's a very it's a very kind of wrestling based striking because when he strikes he kind of always gives him maybe a little bit of hint that he's going to wrestle and then when he wrestles he almost always sets it up with strikes there's always the two jabs coming in and then he gets you against the fence and takes you down almost always you know he can do things he can he can clinch in the middle of the cage as well and push you against the fence or whatever he needs to do but like he the way he uses his wrestling to set up his striking and the way he uses his striking to set up his wrestling for someone who is you know an olympic level wrestler I think he's absolutely phenomenal, and you know we we need to give him credit for that and talk talk about that and how how good he is and you know and how excellent he has become as an MMA fighter and you know it can be lost a little bit because of Jones and that's kind of the point I'm making uh, you know that we need to maybe appreciate Daniel Cormier a bit more and you know myself included I maybe haven't appreciated him as much as the next guy but like what do you think about that do you think like how good do you actually think Daniel Cormier is? Well, he's clearly he's clearly really good. Like he's got two belts, but I think maybe what he doesn't have like the the highlight. You can't really put a highlight reel of like a big like head kick or like a re- real snap on his punches. It's just kind of scrappy, and there's a lot of pressure, and he kind of just wears guys down and kind of walk. I think 
the John Jones second fight uh, was a good example of it, where he he ate a lot of shots, but he just walked through them and kept pressuring John. And he put he gave him some trouble in the first the first round. Okay, he got knocked out in the second, but mm-hmm. and there was a lot of circumstances around that, like you know, the towel. Was it that the fight where he made way with the towel, or was that the uh, one before? Was that the Volkan fight or the Jones fight? Yeah, yeah. I think that was. I don't think it was the Jones fight. Anyway, there was circumstances around that with Jones mm-hmm. drug test and all that stuff as well. So you can. I think because because there's, there's not that like wow Anderson Silva front kick or the the real highlight real moments that people don't appreciate him as much casually and I think he was he, he's a little he's a little bit overrated probably people are saying oh he's the best of all time but yeah. he's he's definitely he's definitely up there and and my thinking is if you're the, if you're the best now you're, you're you're probably nearly definitely nearly always the best of all time mm-hmm. uh, with how quickly the the sport is advancing even in soccer and all like you know. Messi versus Maradona, like there's no comparison. Like you know, the, the guys a million times better. Like, yeah, okay. um, it's kind of like that, but it, it's really hard in the pound for pound kind of thinking because it's like, what do you? Is it just achievements and is it just who you've beaten and their records? Or it, it just depends on how people view that and what their opinion on pound for pound or best of all time is. What what it actually means and what the criteria for it are. Yeah, it's it's an odd one as well because I think skill for skill, it's it's definitely Demetrius Johnson without you know without too much argument in that one. I think it's he's by far the best skill for skill. If you're looking at um you know who they fought, the, the level of competition, I think it's John Jones by far. But Daniel Cormier is coming maybe in behind that then, but you know with GSP as well. And you have to kind of look at it for the era as well. I think, but you look at John Jones then. Do you looking for the era? I don't know if you do. I think you do. I I really think you do. When you know when you're when you're talking about the greatest of all time, you can only judge them in their era. Like, you know, I don't think you can judge, you know, Matthews fighting against Tyron Woodley. I don't think that's fair. You know, I can I think you can say obviously Tyron Woodley would destroy Matthews and he's a way better fighter. But I don't think you can yeah. take away Matthews's greatness by the you know the people he beat and you know the mm. you know, whoever wants to be not just great Matthews. and great and best like that's is, what, there, is there like That's mm, what I think the difference is. But like the, the, and the thing about then the kind of the point on, on Jones, like you can say Jones is better than him, but then Jones has failed two drugs tests as well, and especially this last one. You know, people kind of maybe getting it twisted that he got off with USADA. You know, he didn't really get off with USADA. They gave him 30 months off because he snitched, basically. So he didn't get off with USADA. He just... Allegedly. No, he did. <laughs> this is this is a fact. This is not allegedly. He did it. He did the 10.6.6. That is, is given substantial assistance to people. He, he told, mm. he gave in people. He snitched on people. This is not a debate. This is what happened. You know, this is what John Jones did. He can deny it all he wants. Malky Kawa can deny it all he wants. But that's a fact. That's why he got the 30 months off. So, you know, he failed a drugs test. He has been convicted of a drugs test by USADA. And he's got off for this reason. He didn't get off because he didn't take drugs. So, you know, if you want to, if you're one of those people and, you know, that's the rules in which we live, then you, I think you can take that away from John Jones. And if, if it's your desire to take John Jones out of the pound per pound rankings or out of the greatest all time rankings because of that, I, you know, I can't disagree with that. Um, for but, cheating, yeah? Yeah, for cheating. Yeah, but what about cheating in terms of, okay, drugs is different and what about cheating in terms of not making weight and leaning, leaning on a towel? The argument we made there as well. Or the argument of like Jose Aldo avoiding a drug test is that the same as failing yeah. a drug test? Like it's all cheating. Mm. <laughs> the, the towel one is a bit different. I think the towel one is just kind of using. Well, making weight, you know, making weight is one of the, like a lot of fighters will tell you that's the hardest part of the yeah. of the fight camp is making weight. And when you miss it by what six seven pounds and lean on a towel, like that's a big 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 advantage. Like if it wasn't such a big advantage, you would have made the weight. I'd blame the athletic commission for not pulling him up on that more than Carmia. Like if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Yeah. Like you know. 
but I, <laughs> I think I think drugs are a little bit different. I think that Aldo thing was, and you you brought it up a lot, and you're dead right because just because people, it gets buried, it goes get buried. Yeah, it does. And like the GSP thing got buried. Like I always bring it up. The GSP greasing his way to the, the title allegedly, according to well, he was the commission said he did it in the BJ Penn fight. Yeah, a lot of other fighters accused him. Uh, his his Muay Thai coach Phil Nurse put Vaseline on him, and was when they came over being like, "What's that?" He dropped the Vaseline on the ground for everybody to see. Mm-hmm. If you watch the video, uh, Ultimate Cheater Greasegate, it, it used to be taken down a lot, but you, you can find it if you go looking. Like mm-hmm. you can see pretty clearly in these fights that these guys are greased or that these that GSP is greased and. I think it's important to always mention these things like because you don't want people to forget about them. Not always mention them, but to bring them up when talking about greatest of all time and people cheating and stuff. Yeah. And GSP is obviously one of the best of all time. It's always Anderson Silva and they both have been kind of... Anderson obviously with drugs and GSP with the, with the oiling up or greasing up. Has Dimitri Shanson ever done anything? Mm, don't think so. He's the best. He's the greatest of all time. There it is. It's settled. Well, has Hank, has Hank Cejudo ever done anything? <laughs> oh, win a gold medal and finish. Uh, send Dewey to pack into Asia. How dare you? The most successful uh, <laughs> Olympic gold medalist since Kurt Angle. Legend. But yeah, uh, I, I suppose we get a... <laughs> Kurt, Angle got, got, Kurt Angle got fucking commoured by some, some guy, uh, Dino Pewter of, uh, yeah. of um, fucking Ultimate Fighter for pro wrestling. Legend. Fair play. But what about what about the actual fight? I suppose uh, you know we've kind of talked about Carmi and, and we'll maybe get to what's next for him soon. But what about the actual fight itself? What did you think of of Carmi's performance and, and Lewis's performance and the, the way it actually went? Pretty as expected. Uh, Carmi could take him down whenever he wanted. Better everywhere, except maybe the power department. But yet having power, if you can't land it, it's not really much use. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, he's faced bigger or not bigger power maybe, but. Yeah, he's faced like similar power in, in Anthony Rumble Johnson and taking shots like that. So you wouldn't I don't think he would have been worried oh, I'll just get hit once and I'm gonna be finished, but it makes sense to be smart and take the guy down and frustrate him and tire him out and like basically do what he did and wait for wait for him to give up his back and choke him. Yeah. I- it's pretty like, you know, a pretty standard, pretty simple mm-hmm. game plan, effectively implemented and yeah, it just not, not all that exciting to watch her, but not the worst fight either. It kind of went as expected. Yeah. I I, I think if DC had, had a full camp, and obviously Lewis had a full camp as well, I think it probably would have been a first-round finish because I think he would have hit him a lot more. DC's carrying a bad hand with him. You know, I, I don't know if he break his hand, but he's big problems with his hand. Can't clinch it right at the moment. And obviously took yeah. his fight in short notice. Lewis is always, always injured with his back. He's got constant problems yeah. with his back and stuff as well. Apparently, like, he just basically... Every camp he does irritates his back and stuff. So these these guys all have no, but all I, something. My, no, my point is DC didn't. I I think DC could have put a lot more ground and pound on him, but kind of held back a little bit because of that hand. I I don't think he he put enough on him. You know, or, or as much on him as he normally would. As he normally, uh, yeah. And, you know, obviously they're all carrying injuries. And DC as well got injured yesterday. I don't know if you heard or not. They announced it last night. Uh, he he sneezed before the fight yesterday and threw out his back. And had to get like loads of massages and stuff, and he like went for a sleep and then went for a walk, and it kind of it evened itself out a little bit. And he said, "Fuck it, I'll fight." But he was almost pulling out of the fight last night, so that was, you know, it was kind of this card was, was a little bit cursed, a little uh, kind of with you know the Diaz with the the whole Eubanks thing and all as well, which we'll we'll get to in a while. But yeah, look on on the performance of of Daniel Carmi himself. 
as I, as I said, I, I don't think he put as much ground upon as he normally would have. I think the, the takedowns were phenomenal. He, you know, he got inside as I mentioned earlier with, with the double jab, almost always pushed him against the cage, got got the single leg, either got the trip or or got the the kind of the high crotch and lifted him up and pulled him down, or just uh, you know the, the one the, I think was the final takedown. He was kind of going for kind of a single leg, double leg, and then there was a little bit of a clinch, and then he he fell to the ground and then ankle picked Derek Lewis, which to ankle picked Derek Lewis, the size of him is is a bit insane but Derek Lewis doesn't have great takedown defense and you know you're, you're against Daniel <laughs> Dan- <laughs> you're against Daniel Cormier there but he you know Derek Lewis did well a couple of times to get back up and stuff but it was it was a complete another mismatch really and you know Cormier got the back at the end you know Der- Derek Lewis did a good job actually of not giving up his neck a, a couple of times in the first round and um you know I suppose that's the one kind of bright spot for him uh, but but in the end he, he just did give it up I thought, and Cormier got it I thought Cormier had a couple of chances to go over his back but just kind of decided not to Yeah, he just kind of rode the position he, he actually kind of initially made a little movement to do it and then was like ah, just, I'm just going to tire him out a bit more Yeah, he, I think he, he always I does that, that, that that's yeah. a very much a wrestler thing and I was actually kind of surprised that he took it in the end but I think Lewis gave it up so much in the end that he, he kind of he had to take it. You know, Carmi yeah. Habib is similar to that as well. You know, Habib doesn't really have that many rear naked jokes, and I know he just rear naked jokes on McGregor. He waits, uh, he waits to grind you down before kind of even going for it. Yeah, yeah. He, he, like, these are guys who actually kill you, you know, they beat you up, and, you know, DC is a guy who has, I think he's three rear naked jokes in his last five or six fights or whatever. He obviously rear naked jokes at uh, Rumble Johnson a couple of times. But he's he is a guy who will break you before he beats you, you know. I think Habib is the same. You know, look at that McGregor fight, or look at, you know, the... um the uh michael johnson fight and stuff like that he breaks you before he chokes you know lots of guys you know if, if probably jack ray was in the same position where he's kind of on top of you he's just taking that back straight away straight away and choking you but these kind of grinding wrestlers they won't take a chance you know they will destroy you before they they actually beat you and i think that's kind of what carmia did look the as I said, Lewis defended well early. I think the one thing, and you know, a lot of people kind of missed it. And Daniel Cormier was saying he got hit with a hard shot, and you know, a lot of people were kind of struggling. It was it was actually a hammer fist from a takedown attempt that Lewis hit him with. And I watched it at the time like, Jesus, after stunning him a bit because Cormier moved a little bit, uh, and you know, them hammer fists from the clinch are something which are are coming into MMA more and more. You know, there was one a knockout there um, a while back. I'm not I'm not exactly sure who it was at, at the moment, but. Them hammer fists are becoming a big thing. You know, Derek Lewis just, he was trying to take him down with a single leg against the fence and Lewis just threw two hammer fists, hit, hit one, didn't really hit, and then hit another one. And it stunned, uh, it stunned uh, DC a little bit, but obviously he he came in again and got the takedown. You know, he's a, he's a phenomenal chin. But yeah, look overall, it was it was the domination we expected it to be. And DC rolls on, and I suppose there's big fights coming for him. You know, I suppose leaving the the retirement thing. Well, not leaving to side. <laughs> what what do you think is next? Do you think DC will actually only fight once more and it'll be Brock Lesnar? What do you think, Clavin? John Jones coming back now. Yeah. No, there's no way. Yeah. Like he's a super competitor his whole life. He's not going to leave on getting like the John Jones thing. There's so much money to be made as well. He's been he's been doing combat sports, and if you include wrestling as a combat sport, mm-hmm. basically his whole adult life and, and even younger than that. And this is the time where he can get all the fruits of his labor. And he's obviously got some of them now in that, that last fight against Miocic and this one against Derek Lewis. But there's a lot of money on the table. And besides Jones, there's a couple of guys he could fight there. Uh, make some easy money, some nice style matchups, and I just don't see the, the logic in retiring now. Yeah, like, I've all, we've, when we've always talked about this, we've always talked about it kind of 
you know, people in MMA not retiring and always making promises and always saying the age I'm going to retire by. But I, the, the point you made there was the point I was going to make right here. It, there's there's so much money on the table right now. And there's more money on the table right now than there's ever been at any point in Daniel Cormier's career. Yeah. You know, even if you... The amount of money on the table for him now, there's probably only been that amount of money on the table for any fighter. There's probably been 10 or 15 fighters in the history of MMA that have had these opportunities. Like, okay, when Donald Trump came into MMA and offered Tim Sylvia and all these guys a lot of money and Andrea Lowski to go over there. That was like a kind of short-lived once-off thing. But besides that, like, yeah. a handful of guys in the UFC have been in this position. Mm-hmm. 100%. People dream of this position. Yeah. It's it's very hard to see him giving that up right now. Especially, you know... Okay, uh, look, we'll, we'll talk about the Brock Lesnar thing in a second. But the, the whole John Jones thing, like, it's a weird one because... Daniel Cormier is the light heavyweight champion. Jones is maybe the light heavyweight champion come the end of the year. He's fighting Alexander Gustafsson. And and then you reach, reach, a, reach a position where, is it going to be Jones versus DC again for light, the light heavyweight title? You know, DC has said last night that he can make light heavyweight. Well, he heavyweight said, title. Yeah, that, that's the point I'm kind of getting to. Like, DC said last night he can get to 205 again. But do you want to see that fight at 205 again? Do you re- Like, John Jones beat him twice. Okay, the second time he was on, on drugs or whatever. But he, he knocked him out. He still knocked him out. That's the reality of it. He beat him once anyway. Like, is that a fight we really want to see again at light heavyweight? Like, I, I think that fight only makes sense promotionally and sportingly and everything if he fights for the, the heavyweight title you know DC is the undisputed heavyweight title there's nobody can come in and say he's only a placeholder holding my belt for that title that's DC's title and if I'm John Jones I'm saying look I'm going to go Rupin. Baz Rupin. he never <laughs> loses his belt did he? Uh, I, I don't know John, <laughs> Josh Barnett never lost his belt did he? but anyway if, if, I'm, if I'm John Jones I'm saying Look, I'm gonna go up there and beat DC at heavyweight. I want to take that title off him, and you know the light. I've already taken the light heavyweight title off him. Let's say if he beats Gustafson, I want to go up to heavyweight and I want to beat DC. You know, and if imagine if he gives that um, speech in in two months' time when the Brock Lesnar fight has already been announced for for DC. Let's say for March, and then John Jones shows up in March, and DC beats Brock Lesnar, and John Jones comes into the, comes into the cage. How long will DC's retirement last? Then <laughs> I've been very very skeptical. Like I I think. Like, I don't think he can turn that down. We always talk about MMA retirements, and even guys who don't have anywhere near the, the amount of money possibly to be made on the table here, they say they're going to retire and they don't. Mm-hmm. I'd be shocked, shocked if Daniel Cormier only had one fight left. Yeah. Just, what would be the logic in it? Like, I just, okay, he's older, but is, is, okay, he took a bit of damage in the Jones fight, but besides that, like the Stipe fight, he didn't take that much damage. This fight, he took no damage. Minimal, minimal, minimal in the rumble fight as well. The Vulcan fight, he took a little bit of damage, but minimal enough as well. Yeah, but these aren't like you know, he's been in these Robbie or Robbie Lawler or yeah. McDonald fights, and he's worried about his brain. Maybe he is worried about his brain. Maybe, maybe there's something we don't know that he knows. But if everything's as it seems, there's no underlying reason that he hasn't mentioned or that nobody's mentioned, then. I'd be shocked. Do you reckon? Shocked. Do you reckon there's a thought of maybe you know I beat Brock Lesnar, I go out as a reigning heavyweight, and maybe not light heavyweight, but I'm go out as a champ, champ. Like, is there any thought in that if I fight John Jones? Well, I'm sure in, in his head lose? that'd be yeah. I'm sure in his head he'd be like, oh, that, wouldn't that be fairy tale ending? But like, when the UC company and go here, do you want to want to fight John Jones for this much money and redeem yourself? Mm-hmm. Like Cormier, he's like you know after that fight, he was like you know distraught and so he like just because of the drugs he's not like oh i won that fight or i didn't lose that fight because of the drug test he's a he, he in his head i'm, I'm really sure I, i'd be 
surprised if it wasn't the, the case that he's he's considered that a loss still. Yeah, he said he said it last night. He, he still does like. But the thing about it as well, if yeah. he does, if he does beat Jones, then there's another fight with Jones right there. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of a it's a never ending circle here. But maybe if he does lose to Jones, that is the end of it for him. And maybe that would be a sad way to go out. Maybe he's you know maybe that's a thought in the back of his head, which which is is pretty. It's a way to go out with an extra few million. That's true. I know. To make you feel better. Yeah, but <laughs> like it's a short career. Like it's a well, it's a short career prize fighting like and you got to make money while you can yeah but I, I think I think we you know we maybe talk a little bit too much about money like these guys have pride as well you know Daniel no. Cormier has been a competitor his whole life he wants to win you know he doesn't you know we saw him crying yeah. in the cage exactly but that, that plays into the fact that he, obviously he wants to fight John Jones again yeah, and that's true, well, he yeah. wants to fight John Jones another three times and have three two like you know he doesn't want to be two one with Jones or two two or two one and one or you let's know asterisk he let's wants make to make it like, happen Let's make it. Let's you know what I mean? Like, you, yeah. if, if you're, if, if it's not about the money and it's about pride and all that stuff, you're not going to retire when you've just lost to a guy twice. That's true. That is true. In fairness, that is. Well, a fine point in this, I suppose. Brock Lesnar versus uh, Daniel Cormier. You interested in seeing that? Who wins it? <laughs> yeah, I'm interested in it. But like, I'm interested in a lot of fights, but, <laughs> but it's not like exciting me. And like, you know, I'm not like can't wait for this fight. Mm-hmm. I am. I'm looking forward to the the unification of the light heavyweight, heavyweight and universal titles. It's it's going to be really good. Brock Lesnar without the Saudi Arabia and took Braun Strowman apart in about three minutes. So uh, you know Daniel Cormier, Daniel Daniel Cormier couldn't do that. To, uh, couldn't do it as quick to Derek Lewis. So Brock Lesnar have to be favourite <laughs> going into that fight after he destroyed the the super heavyweight Braun Strowman. But yeah, look, <laughs> I, I, it's going to be a bit of crack. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, look, Brock Lesnar. He looked good against Mark Hunt. You know, his striking looked good. Uh, I think DC will probably beat him pretty easily striking. You know, Brock striking Lesnar. looked good. Well, yeah, it did. He, he, he looked okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know I thought it looked better than it has in the past. I thought he was he's jabbing and his kind of combination stuff were, were good. It wasn't great now or anything. I think DC will beat him on the feet. But uh, look... Relatively good. We'll relatively good. <laughs> you know, wrestling-wise, let's see where Brock Lesnar comes in. You know, he's there's no doubt in his wrestling ability. You know, obviously Daniel Cormier has been fighting and has been improving. And, you know, it's, it's a different level now from maybe where Brock Lesnar was back in the day. But I don't think, you know, I don't think Brock Lesnar will maybe get as destroyed and dominated as maybe people think. Maybe he will, but... I th- I'd heavily favor Daniel Cormier in in that fight, but I'm I'm interested to see it, see how uh, see how it goes. The the beast getting yeah. in there against Daniel Cormier. So that's five awesome. rounds as well for for no way Lesnar can go yeah. five rounds. He probably can't even go three anymore. Uh, <laughs> even wasn't Brock Lesnar so exciting though? Like he was. A lot of people talk about wrestlers and they're not. Everyone just ran into he, he's yeah. there because he just like, he just ran into him and just Lesnar. bowled him over. Yeah. Like. He used to run into <laughs> everyone though. He just ran across the cage and took. Well, that was a full on like yeah. sprint to the crowd. Like, he was like <laughs> whipping out his fucking NFL Vikings practice squad tricks. Uh, he broke his uh, he broke his orbital bone as well. The poor fucker, didn't he? He Herring wasn't seen again after that. Or Herring, sorry. Uh, but anyway, all right, let's move on. Ronaldo Jacare Souza against Chris Weidman in a fight. A fight after two rounds, people were talking about fight of the year, round of the year, and stuff, and I was like. It was a, it's a really good fight, but I wouldn't go that. But after the third round in, I was like, still not there, but I still think this was a really, really fun fight. Just really enjoyable. But the one takeaway I kind of had from this was Chris Weidman is not Chris Weidman anymore. He re- That's what I said before. You know, a few mm-hmm. years ago, I would have picked Weidman. No problem in this fight. But now, I, now like, I'm thinking Jack Ray was going to win. He, and he, he did. He, but I didn't, think he'd, I didn't think he'd knock him out like that. Like, me neither. <laughs> And the ref, I thought the ref was was, was bad there. Like Probably when he's bad, yeah. grabbing onto an ankle and 
he's looking you think hey, the other fighter has a time to look at you and be like here mate like and he's still like crawling along holding on your ankle it's just like because you really need to hit him with that one extra shot and then stop the fight mm-hmm. like was that shot really like anything big like if you're gonna stop it after that one shot why didn't you stop it before yeah. but it's all in it's all in the heat of the moment as well like and I, it is a tough job, but I I wouldn't be slaughtering him for that. But it it, it was late. Uh, look, Jack Ray did a better job of refereeing the fight than Dan Mergliada did. I think uh, I think yeah, everyone agrees exactly. with that. But yeah. I, I think and it sounds like I'm sticking up for Dan a little bit. But I think the way Weidman fell, he kind of fell. So he his face was blocked by Jack Ray from where Dan Mergliada was standing. I t- I watched it back, and I think that might have been a little bit. So I think he was running around the side to see where Weidman was, and as he kind of did that, Weidman was trying to pick a leg. He still should have stopped it. I think Wyman looked bad. Maybe it was bad positioning or whatever. I still, I still think it was bad, but I think that's the reason why he did it. Uh, look, it was all, all class by Jacques Ray and everything. And, you know, a really good finish. He hit him with that that you know bludgeoning right hand, just clubbing blow the to the body head. Work early yeah, though and great the fight was beautiful them left hooks to the body were beautiful mm. yeah he looked really good like I mentioned it on Twitter time Jacques Ray was obviously playing the long game here he was attacking that body uh, you know he was hitting those leg kicks he was he was really you know he was cutting the tree down all night and just waiting and waiting and waiting I, t- I thought he was waiting for the head kick he didn't throw it that much he threw it twice you know we've seen him throwing it before but he was you know he was coming strong and most of the shots he was you know he was throwing those shots the body shots and the you know the leg kicks with, with great regular regularity and, and the body kicks as well because you know Jack Ray can afford to throw those body kicks because what's Weidman going to do take him down beautiful that, that's exactly exactly what Jack Ray wants and that's usually why he throws head kicks as well but you know he was doing that over and over and then he was waiting for those big shots and he was throwing those big right hands over the top maybe like five six times around but for Weidman and I think the reason he attacked Weidman in the body was Weidman is not what he used to look like, like Weidman used to look like a guy who we thought, good jeez, how is this guy making 185? How is, you know, he's he's really muscly and everything like that. And, you know, there's there's a lot of factors you can say why he's changed and why he's not like that anymore. Uh, you know, a lot of people might, you know, they might point to you, Sada, and if you want to do that, fair enough. And I'm not doing that. But I, I, I was thinking about it, like, maybe it's... Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Like but maybe, maybe it's an IV thing, you know. Maybe Cormier or um, Whiteman used to like to to rehydrate with the IV and feels like it's not the same rehydrating without the IV and decides to, I'm going to drop a lot of weight, a lot of muscle and come in at a lot lower weight, not have to cut too much weight and then not have to replenish too much weight. Maybe that's something, you know, maybe it's something like that. But the weight thing, the, the, if that was really a factor, mm-hmm. maybe Weidman's a really, really honest guy. He doesn't want to do that, but I'd be surprised if guys aren't just using, you yeah. know, glass IVs or just using, like, like who's checking? Like, you know, nobody's mm-hmm. checking. Like, it's yeah. that or like, that's part true. of the UFC at this stage, like and that's true. But an, an, another thing as if well, that is, was really killing you. Like if that was like, oh, my whole career is ruined because of because of that. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Weidman does seem like a honest enough. I don't know. It's hard to know these guys. You know, guys come out against against drugs for years. Oh, that's just and then they fucking test positive themselves. And you know, you never know who's who's cheating or whatever. But um, I think it's more taking all that damage and you were undefeated before you had mm-hmm. this like you had this confidence and momentum and belief that you don't have anymore and then yet you, you can't take the shots you used to take exactly you just see your body slows down like you, from years of training as well and just a number of factors and just a, taking a massive beating against Lou Rockhold mm-hmm. as well obviously didn't help in the slightest like. yeah that's exactly what I was going to say like you know we talk about that and we, we that's why you know that's an example and I talk to people a lot about you know bad fight ending sequences and stuff and that's the one I always point to and that's the one lots of people fight to that's I think it's 
one of the worst in UFC history, if not the worst in UFC history, stoppage. And that we said it at the time after that. That's one that can change your career. And looking back, it looks like it really has. You know, that was the start of four knockouts in five fights for Chris Weidman. He really has not looked the same since that. You know, and and I I definitely think what you mentioned there about the factor fact of of losing your title, losing your undefeated record, and you know, kind of not being humbled, but like taking away that confidence. And we saw it with Hin and Barrow as well. We saw it with Johnny Hendricks. We saw it with you know we've seen it with loads of guys down through the years. And you know, once you kind of get away from the top, and once you've been at the top, it's it's hard to you know rise and get back there and it's you know special fighters get to the top but it takes a really really special fighter to get knocked down from the top as well. and get back. you've already you've already been to the pinnacle of like you finished anderson silver twice um you you became the champion you're undefeated like is the motivation the same like i'm, I'm sure he's still motivated he's still going to the gym i'm not sure but like i'd say he's still going to the gym all the time and all that stuff but mental like mentally is he still as obsessed with getting to the top as he was before mm-hmm. probably not yeah 100% and then with all the other factors linked in as well like we mentioned and you I mentioned and you mentioned it's never he's never going to get back to what he was I don't think yeah I, I don't either I'd be shocked if yeah didn't you kind of look at guys like Jacare and maybe like a Bisping back in the day or to a lesser extent to Gastelum or you know Kenny Florian back in the day or whatever guys that keep kind of picking themselves and coming back because they've never won that title I know Jacare won in in Strikeforce but never won the UFC title and you know yeah. you've it's it's weird it's a weird a lot of damage in a lot of fights like mm-hmm. he got dropped in the first round of a lot of fights like he's always a slow starter mm-hmm. service career but he never took that prolonged beating that that that, that, that rock off fight should have been stopped a lot of times like mm-hmm. it's, it went on f- we went on a round too long. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a lot of time to be five minutes of getting punched in the face, like repeatedly, just the whole round from mount. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like he's lucky he wasn't worse than mm-hmm. than it is. That's true. Yeah, and we've we've a few questions about what's going to be next for for uh, uh, Weidman. So we talk about them in the questions. But Jacare, I, I thought this was a phenomenal performance by Jacare. Like, I I was listening to the commentary before the fight, and Joe Rogan was kind of saying that his striking is now on par with his uh, jujitsu and his ground game. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? But then I watched the fight, and I was like. Okay, no. that's that's still idiotic, but it's <laughs> he looked really, really great. I I can't stress how good his head movement was absolutely phenomenal. His body work was really good. His power shots were accurate. The one that knocked him out was absolutely brilliant. Shaq Ray looked phenomenal here. He looked like a guy revitalized. He looked like a different fighter than what he's he's been before, and he's improved so much. You know, he be, he beat Weidman on the feed. You know, the first round I thought I thought it was Weidman's. The second round, Shaq Ray won it, and the third round he was, was winning close. as well. Yeah. yeah, but it was a close yeah. fight. But he, like, I think Weidman striking is underrated. I picked Weidman to win the fight because I thought it it'd be a kickboxing fight, like it exactly how it played out. But I thought Weidman had just have better technique and be more powerful than him. But Jack Ray was was more powerful than him, and he went technique for technique with him. I thought defensively he was a lot better, and you know it was a, f- a phenomenal performance. Were you impressed uh, as I was? Yeah, I thought uh, I mentioned earlier, especially that his body work. Yeah. The there was a couple of like front kick, snap kicks and stuff like that, but mainly them them hooks to the body, mm-hmm. the left hooks especially. Um, when you're playing a long game, which I think you mentioned, I think he think he he was he was he wasn't like I'm going to get this guy out of here early. He's not really that kind of yeah, that's just something on, people do against so- lads who come in a bit soft as well, isn't it? Attack the body when they're maybe softer on the middle. Yeah, but it's it's underutilized in general. Even if you're as hard as a rock, there like you, if 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 over over a long uh, fight you're getting hit in the body repeatedly with, with good shots of like well placed hard shots at the right time, not just overdoing it. Like you know when it's there. Um, a lot of times guys will will neglect the body even when it's wide open. Mm-hmm. 
and it, it, we've talked about it before like you know we talked about it so far just like the job is underutilized the body is there's a, there's a few parts of the game that are underutilized and it is hard to be like there's so many techniques you have to learn in mma like so many different disciplines it is hard to be really good at everything but i think these kind of two things like the job and the the work on the body more are, are two things that are I as like I've never fought MMA. Obviously, it's 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 just from an outside perspective looking at it. When they are utilized, they are so effective, and guys find them so hard to deal with. And it just takes the gas. And even like Whiteman isn't known for having a bad gas tank, mm-hmm. but it will just make you slower. It'll slow you down. It'll, it'll hurt you as well. It'll make you hesitant. You have to worry about the body. So then your head is more open, and um, your the takedowns are also more open because if you're worried about the body, everything it op- opens stuff up as well. Even if you're not finishing a guy or if the guy has a cardio to take it. And I think if Shakra can put takedowns and kind of get get that middle bit between the striking and the wrestling together, if he could if he could master that, this guy would be close to unbeatable. Really would if if he could do that. But you know, there's a lot of good fighters in that division as well. And I suppose what what's next for him is, is tough to know because he he you just, got Whitaker there as well though. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Whitaker's fighting Gaslam coming up now. Obviously, we'll get to Israel Adesanya in a second. You know, there's a lot of kind of <laughs> contenders there. So it's it's difficult to know, to know what's going to be next for Shakra. But whatever it is, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. that. Was you know that for a guy kind of old and he's what is he mid to late. 30s it was kind of a coming out party for Jack Ray I thought I thought it was absolutely phenomenal ah. I, I don't think he's ever looked as good as he did before I've always liked Jack Ray but I, ne- I was never as impressed with what I saw last night out of him I thought he was absolutely phenomenal so you know, I'm looking forward to his, uh, his next fights, but there you go. We'll get to Adesanya in a second. Uh, Jared Cannonier, another middleweight fight against David Branch. He looked good as well. I've always liked Cannonier, but I always, you know, thought there was there was holes in his game. But, you know, he looked to have filled him a little bit uh, in, in this fight. Got, got, obviously, a very good finish of David Branch. So I'm looking forward to see, uh, you know, what's going to be for him next. Carl Robertson as well got a, a good win over Jack Marshman, who I accidentally thought was Jack Romanson last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, I was like, you're a big fan of him. I was like, oh, I said that. I was gonna say, something. I was like, oh, maybe he is. I don't know. I never I, heard this before. Was I? I don't know. Was we? I blame Wikipedia. I'm nearly sure it said Jack Romanson in Wikipedia because I know Jack Marshman. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe you I'm just everything you read. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, but Israel. Lapping <laughs> it down. Take it in. Let's move. Israel Adesanya versus Derek Brunson. How mm. imp- how impressed with is T- is is he on Team Sheehan or is he on Team Graham or is he on both of them? I think he- I think he's on Team Sheehan. I can't remember. I I wrote it down, but then I threw out the piece of paper. Right? Go and listen to that. Someone <laughs> someone go someone please do that. Go and listen to that podcast. We'll make it free. We'll make it free on Patreon. Someone go and listen to it, and uh, I don't think and write I, down. I don't things. think he, I don't think he was on mine. I think I think Lando was though, but mm. Lando might have to be ousted uh, for Adesanya. Lando. We'll get the Lando in a minute. But what do you think of Adesanya? Ah, uh, he's unbelievable. Uh, the, just the shot selection, the composure. And just he just looks so comfortable and confident, and he just looks really, really good. Like that's uh, he made it look easy. And Derek Brunson is, is okay. He's not upper, he's not upper echelon uh, mm. as uh, I like to say, but <laughs> yes. he, he he's just below, and he just he just destroyed him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he I, destroyed everybody. I, I thought this was, and we talked about it last week. Now this was a big, big test for for Israel Adesanya because Brunson's you know he's a good wrestler, good. Uh, good in the clinch. He's a big, big left hand over the top. Knockout power. No mug on the feet. And he really, he did make, he made it look easy. And I, I you know, 
uh, Paul Felder said it was an A++ performance and Israel Asanya said it was a B- or something like that. And I actually kind of agree with Asanya. I think there's a lot more to come from him. I don't think this is, is the best he, he showed. You know, he talked about it afterwards, the, the jab, and that's what's kind of what I was thinking as well. He's, he's He wasn't really using his lint. He wasn't really, you know, throwing those shots from the outside that you would expect him, you know, against, against a wrestler or a guy like Brunson who throws those big shots. You want to control him from the outside. Use your, uh, your lint. Use your superior striking technique. And Adesanya didn't really do that. You know, he, he got into the clinches. Uh, Brunson was kind of was trying to take him down a lot. I think he was playing an ultra defensive game in there, and it was it was kind of smart because he was just kind of getting the double overhooks all the time. Watching it was it was a little bit frustrating. He was like, "Why are you not getting the underhook and turning him out?" And he did it once, and he said it afterwards in the press conference that he let him take it back on purpose to get get back. He didn't he didn't want that position, and I don't know the reason behind that. I'd like to hear that, but you know that was his game plan, and it worked for him. He, you know he kept Brunson up high all the time. Brunson is not really a guy for body lock takedowns that much, uh, and I think if Adesanya you know was saw those coming he could have probably blocked him as well but Brunson likes to get down low grind you down low against your hips and I think he stopped that by getting the double overhooks all the time and kind of turning away and waiting to you know biding his time to get out but I, I the place he beat him then was in the clinch you know he beat him with those knees through the middle he landed that run one biggie heavy knee up through the middle you know he landed that knee as as Brunson was coming in as he was trying to get low you know and he knew as well that Brunson getting low is dangerous, so he's going to come low, he's always going to come low and strike him when he comes low, uh, uh, you know, especially, and he, he said uh, afterwards in the fight as well that he told his coach that he was going to land that knee when he came in, and he did land it, I think he landed it in a safe position, now we talked about McGregor throwing the, throwing the knee and he threw it in kind of the middle of the cage and landed on top of Habib, which I thought was bad, you know, um, Adesanya was against the cage when he threw it, so even if he it hadn't landed and he had gotten on his hips, he could have just kind of pushed himself against the back again, tried to pull him up, you know, got those overhooks that he likes to get, or tried to get the, get the underhook and, and bring him back up. So I thought, I thought it was a, a kind of a more high percentage knee than McGregor's one, although it was, you know, still pretty low percentage, you know, from what he did. You know, if he did that 50 times, maybe he would have landed and knocked him out maybe five or six times or something like that. But, you know, he obviously came in, landed a few more knees in and got the finish on him as well. And just, you know, for, from a guy, uh, you know, watching that fight... It's just, I think he can do so much more, and he still absolutely destroyed uh, Derek Brunson. Just didn't let him get really any offense off at all. Everything that Derek Brunson did, Adesanya had an answer for it. Played defensively, you know, into his game. Didn't allow Brunson to establish his game at all. And when he got the chance then in the pocket, he just absolutely destroyed him. Just really, really good. And how I'm really excited. Are you really excited? Who should be next for uh, for Adesanya? Who who should be next? Um... I think you you can you can make a you can make a real nice a real nice highlight reel of him now and you know you can promote him really well and you can you can start putting him into the main event. But you probably want to give him a main event in in a decent sized show. Um, look at the division like he's he's already beaten Derek Brunson's pretty high up in the division. You're you're kind of looking at guys who are upper echelon after that and maybe that maybe it's too soon. Mm-hmm. Maybe it isn't though. I, I, I don't think there's any rush. But if you I, like coming to my mind, or the people like you know, Weidman's is coming off a, a bad loss. Like, but Weidman's a name that people know. Maybe maybe you give him Weidman. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. There's talks of Luke Rockhold as well. A couple of people mentioned that. You know, Jacare might be might be a guy as well. Obviously, with uh, with Robert Whitaker fighting uh, fighting Kelvin Gastelum coming it's up here. It's a bit of a risk though, putting him in there that quick. Like he's okay. He's he's he's, he's undefeated. What is he? F- 15, 16 and now now. Yeah, something like that, yeah. 15, something like that. Like, you know, he's got a very good record, but 
I think if you if you put them into a main event against somebody and make them look really good, you can get even more excitement going in, in, in the casuals. And if, if he's in a decent size event and he's in the main event and he finishes a guy like that, you, that kind of thing would be on Sports Center or whatever. That like people social media and people watch on their phones and take more interest in him. I don't know what his personality is like. His his, his dance afterwards is pretty. It's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe he have a bit of personality to him, but then they need to get that across more if they're gonna get, if they're gonna make him. Uh, he seems to, uh, he seems like a very young person of today. You know, he plays Fortnite and he talks about like, you know, <laughs> he said like he got four and uh He's four and this year, and he's the only person doing. It and he's like achievement unlocked. <laughs> you know, like he's playing fucking FIFA or something. But I I think people will kind of <laughs> like that, and I think he could be good for kind of the young crowd. Like looking at him. And and maybe it's it's a thing because you know nobody's obviously going to be McGregor, but he's you know he's a foreigner like McGregor for the Americans. He is the the foreigner, uh, but uh, they, they, they all don't they all don't think they're Nigerian. No, but he's from he's from Auckland. I mean, he's from New Zealand. Like in in America, I'm talking about like McGregor's a foreigner for Americans as well. And you know he has the exciting striking style like Irish. McGregor. Yeah. That's uh, yeah, that's a fair point. That is actually a fair point. But yeah, I, I don't know. He, like looking at people and I never look at people that's like, obviously a massive overstatement they all think they're Irish yeah that's but, true yeah, you know that, what they do that uh, <laughs> <laughs> what part of Ireland are you from uh, Texas but anyway um, <laughs> yeah I just feel like he could be a draw I don't think he'd ever be a McGregor type of draw or anything but you know just the exciting kind of style He's a, I think he's a very good personality if people if they can get that across uh, and keep putting him on the, the maybe the undercards of these big cards you know, they're talking about this being the second highest selling pay-per-view of the year which is doesn't say much for the pay-per-view market apart from McGregor versus Habib if this is the second highest of all time. But maybe Daniel Carmen is a little bit of a draw, but however, um, you know, keep putting Adesanya in there and I think he's a, a guy who, who could uh, who could draw. Uh, but anyway, the rest of the card, uh, Jordan Rinaldi had a good win over, over Jason Knight. Just yeah. kind of a lot of wrestling, very, wasn't it? Very dominant. Like, Jason Knight's a, t- a good fighter. He's a tough guy, but he just got completely nullified. Yeah, he, he did. Um, you know, there was... Sajara Eubanks as well. What did you, you know, that that second round, she hurt Roxanne Metaferi and then kind of did her best to give the round away. She definitely didn't do it yeah, 130 27, but God almighty, it's just, it's one thing after another with Sajara Eubanks, really, isn't it? You know, she she gave out about the title shot and then she got it and then she lost it and she gave out about that and she gave out about Joe <laughs> Rogan and she gave out about everything. Got a really, really handy matchup against Roxanne Metaferi, managed to miss weight. Probably should have finished her win to three kind of boring enough rounds against a very, very average fighter. Just Sajari Eubanks is kind of doing herself no favors. She's, uh, she's hard to be a fan of, isn't she? And I kind of like Sajari Eubanks because I think she, there's potential there. I think she's a good athlete. I think her wrestling is very good. I think her striking is improving and all, but she's she's kind of hard to get behind, really, isn't she? she maybe she's just one of these fighters who doesn't really understand how the game works. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of these, mm-hmm. like you know, people you can probably point out. If you, if you had a bit of time, you could work out all the guys who in in MMA and you'll see who do understand what's going on. There's, there's that few of them. Very few. So maybe, maybe it's just a case where she just really doesn't have a clue what's going on. She thinks that, like, you know, giving out about the UC brass and their decisions and, like, missing weight all the time and not really showing remorse. Mm-hmm. And just, you just can't be trusted in a title shot. Like, maybe she's not a fan of MMA. Maybe she doesn't know how it works. Who knows? But, She's definitely, as you say, or you pointed out, she's doing herself no favors. And like Roxanne Matafari is, so, she's one of the most overrated fighters in the history of fighting. Yeah. And she nearly, like you know, it was close. No, it wasn't close really, but like she, she, 
made it hard for herself. Yeah, she did. Shem and Marais and Julio Arce had maybe the bloodiest fight in UFC history. Doug Crosby scored a 30-26 when Arce clearly run the, the third round, but however, Shem and Marais definitely deserved to win it. Uh, Lyman Good got a beautiful KO in the clinch against Ben Saunders. Ben Saunders, as he always does, kind of comes out, looks good for the first 30 seconds and then gets taken then down or knocked him. out. Or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then he gets taken all changes. Yeah, this, this is the first time he's actually ever lost in the first round, which surprised me a little bit. But, um, yeah. you know, that's... A lot of times, if my memory serves right, he has. Yeah, he usually waits until the second, but it was a good finish uh, by Lyman Good. Uh, fair play to him. Uh, Marcus Rogerio de Lima and the heavyweight division had a really boring win over Adam Vaishek. Um Shane Burgos had a really good armbar win over Kurt Holliba. He got knocked down Not hard and, and uh, yeah. got the armbar. Really good finish. And in your by Lando Venata. A drew with uh, Matt Frivola, which I think was a, was a fair result. Lando kind of dominated the second round, and Frivola won the first and the third. Ten uh, eight in the second round, I think, is fair enough, and I think a draw was a was a fair result. But always, it's always fun to watch Lando Venata, and he's he's so great. He's you know he's he's going to be the next Jolo on Diego Sanchez type of guy, and I'm all for that. Let, like never cut Lando Venata. I don't care if he loses eight fights in a row. You need guys like him around. He's he's brilliant to watch, and I'd I'd way rather him lose on an undercard than see ninety. He's actually win. become less less exciting and unpredictable since he's come to the UFC or since his first UFC, yeah. couple of UFC fights. He, he, he seems more orthodox now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's kind of lost that difference that he had. He's still a little bit there, but yeah. he, de- he like definitely with he lost that yeah. flair a bit. Like I don't know. I'm thinking if he did, if he puts in another more orthodox performance, he might get be getting cut from. He might be getting cut. He might be getting cut anyway. I might have to might have to do a, you know. Ah, don't. I, I still love do a little Lando. fucking mid-season fitness test or yeah. l- l- see how guys are getting on you know make some, make some cuts bring, <laughs> in, bring in some <laughs> he needs to go back to it though I think like he nearly beat Tony Ferguson fighting like that when you're doing that you're not going too far wrong really are you so go back know, it, was a slip, it was a slippy mat though do you remember <laughs> <laughs> yeah Jesus he nearly like that fight could have been stopped a couple of times I watched that back there yeah the mat like, yeah. who put that oil all over the mat like, exactly. like how did, why did it not affect Lando and why did it only affect Tony it's mad isn't it <laughs> madness altogether but yeah I love a bit of Lando Lando Venata versus um, Diego Sanchez that's the fight to make now they're fighting at different gyms so here we go let's make that fight I want to see that um all right, moving on to next week's card. Chan Sung Jung versus Yair Rodriguez. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. That's you know, great. The Korean yeah. Zombie is, is on Team Graham. Um, I, I went back this week, and it'll be coming up on, on Thursday. The uh, the rewatch is going to be Chan Sung Jung versus Leonard Garcia, which reminded me a little bit. You know, Leonard Garcia is a wild... Which one? Which one? What do you mean, which one? First the, one. The Twister? Oh, did I fight twice? The Twister one? Yeah. I don't even the, remember. The first one in WBC. Oh, I don't know. But the Twister one, anyway, I watched... I, I didn't even remember that. But, uh, you know, Chan Sung Jung is a guy, you know, and Leonard Garcia was a guy, I suppose, who came in and tried to throw a lot of shots and he kind of beat him with technique. Now, Yari Rodriguez is obviously a lot better fighter than Leonard Garcia, but I watched it kind of for the wildest. <laughs> yeah. To show how good uh, to, the Korean zombie is actually on the ground. And you'd kind of forget, wouldn't you, how actually well-rounded the Korean zombie is. He's a really, really good fighter, isn't he? Yeah, I think the Parier fight is a really good fight as well, as well as Leonard Garcia one, just to show how much he has in different areas and... Obviously, like crazy submissions, like like a twister is, is something that is very rare, and mm-hmm. it takes a certain a certain kind of flair to even go for that, or a certain kind of craziness to go for such a low percentage move. But I suppose he was fighting Lennon Garcia, and he knew he was fighting Lennon Garcia. <laughs> but mm-hmm. even in the Parier fight, he has some really nice sweeps, and you know Parier is a really good fighter, and like he's since he lost to Korean Zombie and and to to McGregor, he's 
he's looked phenomenal. Like even in the fights that he's lost, he's he's looked good. He's looked much improved. So the Korean Zombie's like you know he's, he can hang with the best of them, and yeah, Rodriguez is is potentially one of the best of them. But he this is a big test for him. Like oh, I probably picked the Korean Zombie here. I I think I think yeah, Rodriguez can can win this fight, but and the Korean Zombie's been out for a long time, but he he came back and looked really good. Okay, he, the first maybe minute of that fight, he, he looked a bit rusty, but he came into the fight nicely and got the finish. Mm-hmm. The only thing, like the only thing that we has make me hesitant on quick the zombie is the time off and how quick the game changes. And I don't like there, we haven't heard much from him. Like, what was he doing when he was in the military? Was he was he still training the whole time? I think he was. Yeah. Really, I think he was in like a yeah. combat thing, wasn't he? And he, you know, he came yeah, back but, like was he was he was he training like on the cutting edge of like the latest shit, or was That's he true, showing yeah. people how to do basic techniques? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's true. And I suppose like obviously he came back against Dennis Bermudez as, as you mentioned there in February last year. The last time Yari Rodriguez fought was May last year when he beat Frank Edgar or when he lost to Frank Edgar. Sorry, so they're both you know twenty yeah, months. Yeah, that could change as well. You could look like fucking Francis Ngannou looked maybe not that bad, but like mm-hmm. you could look like a fighter after after first loss in a long time yeah. or first loss in, in yeah. ever. I don't I don't think the the eighteen months will do him too har- much harm though. I think like if he's gone back and done the right things in do- those eighteen months. It, you know, it could be it could be very good for Yari Rodriguez. This is a really a huge fight for him. You know, it's a huge fight for, for both guys, really, because the Korean Zombie is still there or thereabouts. You know, Dennis Bermudez, he's a win over over Max Holloway. I know it was a it was a good while ago <laughs> now, but you know, Dennis Bermudez and is. And it was a win. Oh, let's not forget that. Yeah, but <laughs> are you going full Dimitri Shantz and Henry Cejudo there? Yeah, you are. But uh, yeah, anyway, but uh, uh, like... is it not Delaney, the Irish F- FAI? Don't don't forget that. I'm going to meet the Queen tomorrow. Don't forget that. What's that about? Like second captains, I think it's uh, John Delaney just being up his own hole. Oh, yeah, fair play. Never mind. I don't even know what you're fucking talking about, but anyway, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'd probably pick Chan Sung Jung as well. Uh, but interesting to see how Yari Rodriguez looks like. If Yari Rodriguez comes back and he looks better than he ever has, he'd probably more than likely win. But I, I think the Korean Zombie is a really good fighter and, and loves the battle as well and loves the war and loves when people come straight at him and, and try to go hard at him, which Yari Rodriguez might do. So I think that's. I hope it goes a few rounds because if it does, it's probably going to be really, really exciting. And you know, another really, really exciting fight which could go down is Donald Cerrone versus Mike Perry in the comment event. You have a lot of feelings about Donald Cerrone, uh, good and bad. How do you see this one going? Mm. Oh, do I have a lot of feelings about Donald Cerrone? You do. Um, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean by that? You like you don't really rate him that much, but still think he's okay, oh. you know, and stuff. Yeah, no, he's a good player, but he's just not. Like, people were like, "Oh, he's gonna win the belt, or he's gonna beat this guy or that guy, and he's gonna make a run at welterweight title." It's like, relax. Like, <laughs> I know he's a good character and <laughs> he's funny and relax. You, he, he has, he has some, yeah, he has some good like that. Like finish of Rick Story is one of the most beautiful combinations yeah. ever. Like he's, he's 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 definitely in no way not a good fighter, but there's levels to this shit <laughs> and he's not at the top level but what, neither is Perry so yeah what level is Perry at like is he at a similar level to to uh, Don mm. Cerrone or is he a level above or below uh, I'd say Cerrone's probably more well rounded but Cerrone has a mental problem I think yeah. I think a lot of Cerrone's problems are mental and it's hard to know which Cerrone's going to show up I think it's very important for Cerrone early not to get hit in the face repeatedly. If that happens, if he gets hit in the face repeatedly early in the fight, he just falls to pieces like immediately. Yeah. <laughs> like so, it's very hard to pick Donald Cerrone fights unless if he's fighting an upper echelon guy, you can just pick against him immediately. Mm-hmm. But if he's he's fighting somebody at his level, around his level, then it's very hard to know which Cerrone's going to show up. Yeah, I think. Uh... 
I think Mike Perry is too stupid to have mental problems, to be honest. <laughs> so I think, yeah, I think he'll Ignorance is bliss, as they say, is it? Ignorance definitely is <laughs> I, I think, I don't know, I find it hard to see this one. I, as you said there, I think Cerrone is a better tactician, a better technician. Like, I think he's a good fighter, not the best in the world, obviously, but Mike Perry is indeed. I think Mike Perry is... <laughs> I think Mike Perry is horrendously overrated. I, I, I think he's a big, big right hand, or big left hand, sorry, and big right hand as well, obviously, comes in, in behind it. And I think he could probably knock out Donald Cerrone but I think if this goes beyond a couple of rounds, I'd merely maybe fancy Cerrone. But don't forget as well, Cerrone's a good grappler and a good wrestler as well. You know, he took down Darren Till, and Mike Perry is not a great wrestler, not a great grappler. I think Cerrone, if he decides to go in there and take him down and lay on him for two or three rounds, which he has done before, don't forget that. Yeah, a couple, a couple of times, a couple mm-hmm. of times he's mixed it up, and that's been the game plan from the, from the the offset. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a way he can win this fight, and I think if if he does that, I think he he might win this fight. But yeah, obviously, you know, you talk about the mental there again. You know, the, this is the whole Jackson Winklejohn thing uh, Mike Mike uh, Perry has gone with Winklejohn now and Donald Cerrone's kind of moved away from him and you know maybe that'll play into Donald Cerrone's mind he's very fragile mentally as he's admitted himself so you know it's it's, it's really a tough one to pick I'm, I'm not 100% sure who, who uh, will win that one but it should be fun anyway um, Raquel Pennington then versus Jermaine Durandamy obviously Jermaine the, the first ever women's 145 pound uh, champion against Raquel Pennington who's a very good fighter and you know fought, fought for the title has improved uh, an awful lot recently um, yeah, uh, uh, Durandamy yeah. is, is only a slight favorite in that one. I think I think she's she's gonna win this one. Yeah, she's gonna so be huge I. compared to Pennington, and she's she's better, well, a lot better on the feet, and her takedown defense is decent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think this is Durandamy's fight to lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I think she'll win as well. Uh, Just Benavidez Red Borg as well could be one of the last ever flyweight fights. Looking forward to that. That's a, a phenomenal fight. Um, Ashley Order, uh, Amanda Cooper, and on, on the prelims, my boy Benil Dariush coming back again. The as I called him this yeah. week, the the worst best fighter in the world, Benil Dariush is is fighting Tiago Moises, so he'll he'll probably dominate and get knocked out. It seems like he can't take a shot. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Uh, anyway, before we get to the questions, uh, London was announced for March sixteenth. Mm-hmm. Good, good to see the UFC yeah. coming back. <laughs> Depends. Like it, it, it announced the announced the main event and a couple of the fights first. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, like, it, people have come. Like you know, you can only so, so many times you can you can put on terrible events in in EMEA before or in Europe and Asia before people will be not excited to rush out and get the tickets. They, but maybe yeah, they will always do that. Though there's so many people in London. You know, people are always going to buy the tickets no matter what's on. They'll just buy it for the UFC. I don't think that'll ever change and I think I wrote an article about this for Shardog last year I think uh, or maybe the year before and you know talked about that it's people will they'll continue to buy them so the UFC will continue to put on shitty enough fights Mm -hmm. and you know we might get Darren Till against uh, it'll it'll probably sell out or close to sell out but maybe the really expensive tickets won't sell out but do you remember like around the UFC Dublin when the McGregor thing was happening and Mm-hmm. Uh, all these all these shows are selling out in like an hour or two hours and like you see were tweeting about it all the time and yeah. releasing press releases about how quickly shows were selling out like I haven't got a an email about how quickly a show sold out in ages yeah that's, that is true I suppose and look for a while we did get good fights you know uh, in the UK and Ireland we got we got Till and Wonderboy not too long ago and you know we got McGregor obviously fighting in Dublin but those kind of fights are outliers. You know, we might get Till versus Askren here. I doubt it, though. I think they'll probably put Askren uh, in, in the main event. But you're probably looking at... Or in a, sorry, in the pay-per-view. They'll probably put Askren in pay-per-view. But you're probably looking at one of, 
you know, Manua or one of the, you know, Volkov or, you know, Lewis or someone like that, you know, may, maybe Wanderboy fighting someone again. You're probably looking at someone like that. So I, I don't think it's going to be. You might get a Miocic or something, you know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Which would be, which would be probably the best thing you could hope for. <laughs> like, I, I, I really don't understand why they don't. You know, they don't put like the 115 pound title on, on fight nights like this or the, well, the they 125 did it, they did pound title. The Barrero and McDonald fight, and it didn't yeah. really seem to make a difference. Yeah, but do it anyway. Like, London is a big market. Like, the UFC is the only fucking brand in the world that treats London like a fight night. Well, this, this should be a big car. This is London. This is a media capital in the world. Like, they should be treating this like it is a big thing. Now, uh, you know, if yeah. you, do, Dublin. Of, I think Dana, Dana got stung by putting a lot of money into London or into UK at the wrong time kind of when they didn't have the british fighters or the british fighters they did have or shit mm-hmm. and and now like it's kind of like he's wary of doing it again but and and because there's so there's too many shows as we talked about a couple of weeks ago or last week mm-hmm. it's really hard to, to to give like all these cities and all these countries good fights because you just have to fill so many cards and you have to fill these tv contract obligations uh, with with decent cards, like so you don't like it's an important time with, e- with changing over to ESPN and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's too many shows. Yeah, 100%. All right, let's get into the questions here. Um, if you want to send in your questions, you can send them in at Severe Mepod all week. Uh, you can send them in on Patreon as well. We'll have the post up uh, probably Saturday night, Sunday morning. So sign up on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Severe Mail Podcast. And if you're not a subscriber there, you can still put them in. I put it up, that, that post for free. So if you want to get in the conversation there and look at some of the questions, you can do that uh, on Patreon anyway. You can also put them on um, on uh, Instagram. So today I'm going to start off with Instagram questions. Uh, I, I'll put a post up every week in in the uh, stories and you can reply to that follow at severe and Meh podcast over on uh, on instagram and uh, we're going to be doing a lot from there as well so the first one here from ushin mccarthy uh, what will the ufc do if dc loses tonight uh well obviously <laughs> didn't and and gustafson <laughs> and gustafson beats jones but let's say dc loses to to brock lesnar and gustafson beats jones like what, you know, what's gonna happen Doesn't in why you just put jones and cormier together that's true it, as well. And then you have two other guys who people are excited about. Mm-hmm. It's probably better if you see if that happens. Yeah, I, I sp- yeah, I suppose it is. It's a good question. Especially uh, before me talking about retiring, <laughs> then you have then you have John Jones can fight this new interesting matchup after he's already cleared out the division a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, A. Stevenson ninety gives us a few uh, quick fire questions here. Okay, Pizzi or Siri, who are you picking? In a fight? No, in just like who's your favorite person? Oh, Pizzi. Oh, that's harsh. Yeah, but I agree with PT. Uh, David Gray or, <laughs> David Gray or Coldplay? Oh, David Gray. Yes. Definitely David Gray. Bigger liar, Dana White or Ab- Ali Abdelaziz? Oof, Dana White probably, but it's... it's... Yeah. Jesus, I don't know. Uh, like, we hear more lies than Dana White because he's more public, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of... Yeah, both of them, but Dana White probably. Yeah, no, I tell you. Uh, Hobnobs... But Dana White's um, job is to lie, like, you know, it's literally a fight from over. Like, you literally is. pretend like every fight is the biggest fight ever, every fucking week. Like, Hobnobs like, everybody's are... Everybody's a pound for pound king. <laughs> He's a monster. <laughs> Hobnobs are McVitie's. Hobnobs. Hobnobs? Are oh, you in for Hobnobs? Sorry. I just uh, I just Hobnobs. thought you were thinking there. Let me let me, let me me edit that out in, in post-production there, Graham. Uh, just write that down. All right. <laughs> over here from uh, from Patreon. We'll get to a few Twitter ones as well, but we'll answer the rest of the questions over on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash fear my podcast. Podcast. Uh, oh no, yeah, that's where it is. Yeah, and I have a Q and <laughs> I have a Q and A out every Tuesday. We're also going to have a question this week. Uh, Derek Kelly sent it in about Irish MMA and stuff. So there's going to be another 15 minute podcast coming up uh, during the week, probably on uh, on Wednesday as well. So if 
if you want to sign up now is, now is a good time to do it uh, okay from Jacko uh, what's next for Weidman especially after losing via TKO KO in the next four if he's uh, five fights so we, we kind of did this for here like Weidman it's, he's really in a tough position here isn't he like does does he retire I think he's a little bit too young to retire do you how do you build him back up? Maybe light heavyweight is the answer for him. You know, maybe welterweight is the answer for him. The size of him now, but I, d- uh-huh. I don't think he can probably make it. But like, maybe light heavyweight is the answer. Maybe he can put on an extra bit of that muscle again if, if my my theory is correct on him and, and go back up there. There's a lot of easier matchups there. You know, the likes of of even Manawan and you know Corey Anderson and OSP and and guys like that uh, Shogun Hua. So do you think that might be the answer for him? Uh, I don't think so. Like I think it's just he's just. A shadow of what he was like you look at the division around him like he he's, he's gonna win most of the most of the fights but it's just when you get to Obert along where where he thinks he belongs and obviously he's he does but he did he did belong you're gonna really put him against like you know Paolo Costa or Dave Branch or Brad Tavares or you know yeah. the Royal Hall, Royal Hall again like I think he fought your Royal Hall before he's in the yeah, UFC did, yeah, years ago yeah or like Elias Teodoro mm-hmm. Jocko you know you can beat all these guys but do I have any interest in really watching them fights? Not really. Do I have any interest in watching, seeing them against like Krylov or Patrick Cummins? Not really either. Like Corey Anderson, Dominic Reyes, Jimmy Manoa. Yeah, and Owen Heffern kind of says that as well. Like, is retirement an option here? And bra- you know, brain damage is no joke. So I'm, I'm sure he's thinking of that as well. Like with, with four out of, you know, four TKOs and KOs out of five, that's, it. you know, it has to come into it as well. I'm sure he's, you know, he's like made a good bit of money. He does, does two big Anderson Silva fights. You know, he, he fought, uh, obviously, Rocco. How much did he make and, for, for the yeah. first one, though? You know, he's contender. Maybe the second one he made. But Anderson Silva was never really the draw that he could have been or should have been just due to the English, not speaking English or pretending not to speak English mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Yeah, it's a tough one for for Weidman. Like when and you and you're just getting, and you're just a shadow of your former self and just can't just can't get you're never going to get back there and changing division is just kind of you're going up against guys who hit heavier with 20 pounds extra yeah I like I'd, I'd love to see a guy like him in his position retire for the sake of his health and everything but I just I can't see it happening and you know he's in that weird position as well where he's still young and you know he's still close enough to his prime and his prime wasn't that long you know but as, as the, the reasons like, we spoke yeah, I think he can win some fights at the top yeah. level and like if like if from in there against Anthony Smith, like he can win that fight, like you know yeah, easily. Can, yeah. yeah. I'd probably pick him in that fight, like mm-hmm. uh, Jan Blakovic, you know, Ilya Latifi. He can, like he can win them fights, but he's thinking if he's if he's if he's not thinking about a title, then he can just stay in middleweight and fight all these other guys outside the top five or six or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and that came. I don't with, see. I don't see, really see a, an easy solution for him. Yeah, Keen Keating asked the same thing as well. Uh, Zach Redmond, after lightweight, uh, is every division above always weaker? Should be a mad rush to move up uh, in weight class. Yeah, look, it, it's kind of always been the case that the the, the well, it's maybe not always been the case. No, but, it's been light yeah. heavyweight usually the best. Yeah, but maybe that's because there was well, no no there was no lightweight division and stuff like that, and uh, people have kind of yeah maybe we're fighting a weight. It's kind of developed. Uh, MMA is is an odd sport that. You know, well, maybe it's not an odd sport. Athleticism is is a big thing, but you don't really get that many big athletic guys uh, there. And it's a point I've always kind of brought up as well. You know, in America, that okay, a lot of them play basketball and NBA or whatever, and and you know, we see a few coming through, like the likes of you know Matt Mitrion and OSP, and you know that that what's his name, the the dude now that beat up his wife, and what's his name, Greg Hardy. Uh, I, I Watching Adesanya last night, and I, I think I've said this in a, on the podcast a few times before, I'm amazed there isn't more guys from New Zealand coming through. Like, those guys you think would be perfect. You know, guys that maybe don't it's make it. It's a small population, though, isn't it? 
Yeah, but look how and many how many rugby players there is there. I'm sure they have a huge population of rugby players, and like maybe guys that don't make it there and fall into MMA. You know, maybe maybe Adesanya and Whitaker and guys like that will will give it that push. And I I really think that yes. could be a hotbed because they, those guys are unbelievable athletes. They're strong. They're used Both to the phys- yeah physically Man, game. Well. Exactly. Like look at I, I know we've Carl Binder kind of coming through here, and obviously you know Carl wasn't the best fight in the world either. But I think what, where he got he got a lot with hard work, with intensity, with the ability to take damage and come back and being a tough motherfucker. Like so, I think you know there's a lot of guys like like that and really really good athletes as well in in New Zealand and. Australia and South Africa and stuff as well and you know obviously we've seen South Africa has uh, you know the MMA scene there is, is pretty big with the EFC and all like that and you know really there hasn't been been a, a really good guy to emerge out of there yeah but uh, like I think I think that kind of Australasia um, South African reason, region could could emerge in over the next few years and I think that's definitely something to, to keep an eye on um, Conor McGrath after incidents like Brooklyn and Bellator people worried that Conor McGregor was getting distracted by his fame started out acting like uh, started out acting for whatever reason uh, is it possible that the loss to Habib and having to fight someone else to get back uh, to him there is the best thing that could happen for his life and the best thing that could could have happened to him yeah it could be couldn't it you know maybe McGregor needs to needs a little bit not a humbling but maybe needs a little bit of a drop down and fight his way back if, if he is going to do that you know Dan White said last night as well that McGregor said to him he was going to do that and he said it to him he said it in that Instagram post as well no, maybe that is. Maybe he needs to get back into that old gym and and you know get the dog in him again. He was in, he was in there in the gym. John Kavanaugh posted a picture of it uh, last week or during the week, and you know teaching classes and stuff. Maybe that's what Conor McGregor needs to get you know get get his aura back. Well, he's always responded well to really well to losses mm-hmm. throughout his career. That's true. Um, he's, like he looked the best he's ever looked probably against Eddie Alvarez. Um, and that's 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 a big statement because he looked so uh, so good against Bushinger and. In other fights as well, uh, so like in the Aldo fight, obviously you look spectacular, but it was for what thirteen seconds, so it's kind of hard to to judge that one. But um, after Duffy, he, he he was back in the gym straight away and a lot better. Uh, he's he's a lot better after that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it can go either way. Maybe maybe you know maybe he just doesn't have the the same. We kind of talked about it earlier about when you're up and coming and you have nothing and. You, you get to the top like the hunger just isn't the same and it's hard to get that back and it, like like anybody not just Connor, like all that we were talking about earlier like Weidman it's it's hard to it's hard to be that that laser focused that you were when you had nothing to think about except training and fighting mm-hmm. it's just it's impossible in fact i think to have the same level of of concentration and or the same level of <laughs> dedication to it mm-hmm. uh, and then kind of coming in from but maybe, maybe yeah. listen though will be like okay now like i need to i need to prove myself again and maybe that will will change it but i i, I think it's it's very difficult when 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 you have so much going on when you got when you got like a family like all these guys as he like weidman i don't know i don't know his family situation but he probably has kids now that he didn't have before when he was coming up and yeah, he responsibilities and, you know he's got he's got other shit going on that takes your focus off MMA mm-hmm. and then m kind of asked in a follow on to that if Habib versus Ferguson is next would McGregor versus Poirier too be the perfect number one contender fight it'd be a good fight but I, I, I don't think that I don't think McGregor would take that I think he's the type of guy who's you know I beat that guy once and, and that's enough you know obviously it's different with Diaz whether it's you know they're one on one say if Poirier had gone 10 an hour or something since and he's just knocking everybody out all over the place and maybe but that's not the case yeah yeah, I don't think so, but I, I'd love to see that fight again. Uh, Sean Dini, was Min's flyweight uh, always destined for failure once Siri left? 
Yeah, it has to be. It's all series fault. He ruined the division. Series. It really is. Uh, okay, one or two here from Twitter before before we go at Severe Uh Tell me the best striker in the UFC at the moment from at Up the Dars. Um, I, I would have said Conor McGregor up until he looked terrible against I think it is Conor, Habib. Yeah. I don't know. Like at the moment, I don't think it is. I don't think his his display against Habib, you know, would would suggest that. You know, Adesanya has to be up there. Look, look really, really good uh, last night. Um, you know, who else? Let me look through the rankings here. Um, Yinjechek, Shevchenko, prob- probably not. Uh, Gustafsson no, no has looked really, really good recently, but I, I don't think he'd be as good as uh, the last style binder. Uh, Max Holloway's striking has improved an awful lot. I think he's really, really good. Tony Ferguson's good, but I don't think he'd, he'd be the best. Barboza's striking is really good. Wonderboy obviously has to be up there. Um... I'm gonna go with Wonderboy. Obviously, my boy Wonderboy. TJ Dillashaw as well, fantastic striker. I don't know. TJ Dillashaw. There, I'm going with TJ Dillashaw. What, what about that? Who do you think? Um, McGregor still, of course. Right on, I, I think it's. I think. I think it is McGregor, but I, I can understand the arguments against it now because of that. But I think just the displays in the past against people like Holloway, like and and Eddie Alvarez and Aldo, you know, yeah. it, it um, you have to go out there and reclaim his position on like. Uh, if if there was like a title for best striker, it would be it would be disputed now and not undisputed. But uh, I could I could see like before I would have said it with no hesitation, mm-hmm. but now I say it with a bit of hesitation. Yeah, uh, at Kiwi Lewis, what's the difference between Branch and Askren? Asking for a friend, not much actually. I think that's a good question. No, uh, I, I I think Askren's a, ph- a phenomenal and way better wrestler than Branch, but on the feet, I, I, I could don't think see. That's similar, to be honest. Yeah, but I could see yeah. what happened to Branch on the feet happening to Askren as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I could. But I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that like they're, they're a really good comparison though. I think. Yeah, that's true. Mm, yeah, it's hard to know about Askren. Like, what has he been doing? Like, mm-hmm. we, we don't know. <laughs> I don't know how he's gonna look. He could look absolutely terrible, or he could just—he could just take a guy down, and maybe he's been improving his ground and pound at the same rate he was when he's in Bellator. I highly doubt it, but if he is, then he's gonna—he's gonna cause a lot of tr- trouble. But if he goes in there against somebody like Wonderboy, it's not gonna be easy to take him down, um, and he's gonna have to eat some strikes. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll see how he does when he eats some strikes. Yeah, true. Uh, last one here from Matt, Mr. Podge, friend of the podcast. Follow him at one, Mr. Podge. Um, Weidman is completely past it. One and four in his last five. Is he a test now for up and comers like Cannonier? That that could be the kind of the sad thing for Chris Weidman here, couldn't it? If he could, be, if he was to become that, you know, if he was to become the the uh, you know the fall guy for up and comers, the the gatekeeper. That'd be that'd be pretty sad for a guy who was a young up and coming fighter not that long ago, and you know knocking out Anderson Silva, and you know looking really good. That that'd be that'd be pretty unfortunate, wouldn't it? Yeah, but it's, that's that's the game. Like that's why a couple of times over the years, there's been there's been a chance to kind of make make super fights. And I know this isn't really Weidman related, but it's it's there was a chance to make Anderson Silva GSP and even Lorenzo Fertitta tweeted like you know about the Floyd and Manny thing about you got to make these fights strike while they aren't hot. You got to you got to do it because things can change very quickly. You know, guys can retire like GSP or guys can get knocked out or break their legs like Anderson Silva. Mm-hmm. Like Weidman. Like and kind of ties back into the Cormier thing. You got to make the money while you can because these things can change so quickly. You can be on top of the world one minute, like even like a McGregor. You can be on top of the world too, like I'm making a hundred million, and then you're 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 getting dropped and finished by by Habib. Like things change change very quickly, and they can change back very quickly as well. But um, for Whiteman, I don't th- I don't think that I don't think there's <laughs> I think it's the trajectory. I can't even say the there word. There you go. But uh, is uh is downhill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one day you're a cock of the walk, the next day you're a feather duster. 
these things happen in MMA. Exactly. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Graham, for for joining me. Um, as I said, go over to Patreon, Patreon.com forward slash VMA podcast, and we'll have three more podcasts at least uh, this week uh, coming out. So please sign up there for the price of a pint. Yeah, thanks, a month. Sean, it's cold now. What you say? Your dinner is cold. <laughs> Only <laughs> joking. <laughs> Do you actually? They're, they're bringing out sweet potato waffles now. I really want to try them. They, I think they. Yeah, I saw them in the shop. Where potatoes are horrible. So yeah. you don't like sweet potatoes? Oh, I love sweet potatoes. Beautiful. No, I prefer I, proper, proper, proper potatoes. Pro, uh, I made a uh, proper bread and, naughty potatoes. <laughs> Double tasty. Hello, Danny Dyer. I made a bread and butter pudding for the first time this week. It was absolutely delicious. Although I only had a small bit of it because I'm on this, uh, this, uh, this challenge, which I'm winning easily. These other two chumps, I'm absolutely smashing. But there you go, anyway. Uh, all right, everybody. Chicken and chicken and bacon pie. Mm, oh, stop! Go away, you bastard. There's still half left. Bastard. all right everybody thanks for listening i hope you enjoyed it and before we go here's the inspirational quote of the week if you fell down yesterday stand up today we'll see you next tuesday or probably sunday